Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Let's open up our Bibles to uh, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We're going to start a new series today entitled One Chair. Look at the person next to you. Tell them one chair. Tell them one chair. We're going to open up Romans chapter 10. And this is kind of, this is going to be the the theme of our series for the next four weeks. We're going to be talking about one chair. And I'll explain a little bit more of what that means in the next few moments. Um, but it's, it's really talking about God's heart for people. How many believe that God wants to reach Staten Island for his kingdom? Amen. So God has called us to reach Staten Island. And uh, can we put the one chair screen again? Look, look what the subtitle is. Reaching everyone we can one at a time. Amen. So Romans chapter 10, again, if you're here for the first time, we want to welcome you to Kuhau, Christ Uncensored House of Worship. If you don't have a church home, we want to welcome you to make this your church home. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 15, and it says, anyone, for everyone, is that the version we have? Yes. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want to let you know that salvation is not difficult. Salvation is not complicated. For the scripture says, watch this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's so good. I could backflip for that right now if I was 100 pounds lighter. But, But how, now here's the question, but how shall we ask him, how shall they ask him to save them unless they believe in him? Because you can't call on someone you don't believe. And then the Apostle Paul continues to say, and how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? Oh yeah, I can't believe in someone I've never heard about. And I can't call on someone I don't believe in. Well, what's the answer? Look what it says. And how can they hear him unless someone tells them? That's so good right there. And how will anyone go and tell them unless someone sends him? I'm going to continue here. And how will anyone go and tell them unless someone sends him? That is what the scriptures are talking about when they say, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and with God and bring glad tithings of good news. In other words, how welcome... How welcome are those who come preaching God's good news. I want to leapfrog into Luke chapter 19. And we're going to pause here at Luke chapter 19, verse 10. It says, for the Son of Man came, I know this one by memory, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Did I get that right? For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. But that being said, I want to give you the, the mission of this church. And I don't know if, that we, if we have that in the screen. Do we have that? Our mission, this is our mission. And, and a couple of times a year, I want to remind our church that we're not just a Sunday-going church. Amen? 
Amen? Kuhau exists to reach everyone we can with the good news of Jesus Christ that they may walk in the abundant life God has for them by loving God, loving people, and loving life. I, I want to challenge you to join this, join in saying this with me together. Can we say this together? One, two, three. Kuhau exists to reach everyone we can with the good news of Jesus Christ that they may walk in the abundant life God has for them by loving God, loving people, and loving life. Come on, join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are about to speak to our hearts today. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone shouts, amen and amen. Come on, give God some praise one more time in this house. Uh, you know, God always, I don't know parents, but God always speaks to me through my children. And so often that I use illustrations about my kids because I believe that one of the reasons that God has given us the privilege of having children is because he wants to speak to us through our kids. Amen? Amen? How many of you have seen your kids and God has reminded how you are with him? Amen? And so I just believe that God speaks to us so much through our kids and and that's why I use so many illustrations. He, he speaks to us through our children. He speaks to us, to us through our spouses. Because the love that we experience here on earth, the greatest loves that we can ever experience here on earth are the love of a child, the love of, of paternity, and the love, uh, and the love of a spouse or the love of, of romantic love. And these are the two loves that are described in the Bible. And I've shared this story before. And as I was thinking about this sermon, I also got a, another example of how God loves us. And you may have heard this, and I'm just going to repeat it for the sake of those that haven't heard this story. But I don't know about you, parents. I have never lost my child. Okay? I've never lost my child. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a parent now for 13 years. In August, I'll be a parent for 13 years. I deserve some type of award. I just, I'm looking for it. <laughs> and in 13 years, I've never lost my child. However... I have left my child with people who have lost my child. And I, just, I just want to say, like, if I leave, and, and I know what happened. I know where I went wrong. I know where I went, I went wrong. I didn't threaten him. And I usually, when I leave my son with someone, I threaten the person. Parents, you know what I'm talking about? Like, when I leave my son, I've been in relationship with John Miranda for about 10 years. And in 10 years, when I leave my child with, with John Miranda, I look at him and I tell him, John, that's my son. And what am I saying by that? Am I just letting him know that this is my child that came out of my loins? No. I am letting John Miranda know that if he doesn't watch my son to, his best, to the best of his ability, and if something happens to my son, there goes John Miranda's life. <laughs> I just don't, John, that's my son. That's my son. And what happened was is I didn't do that that day, and my son was about uh, eight years old or six years, seven, seven eight years old, and it was so traumatic, I erased it from my memory. And I left him with a, another young man, which we will remain nameless, Reuben. And, and he wanted to hang out with the, with the big guys. And, and so my, my son stood with Reuben. And I, I, and, and I, I look at Reuben after a while, and he doesn't have my son. <laughs> That's funny for y'all, but that wasn't funny for me. So I'm like, yo, Rube, where's my son? And he looks behind him. And he was like, he was right behind me. I said, whoo, 
you know, when you lose breath right there, I'm, I'm like, oh, my God. I almost lost my salvation. I said, Reuben, where's my son? And I don't know about you, but then he started giving me excuses. And his excuses were about to meet my fist. And I just, I, gra- I, I, I grabbed whatever I was going to say in a ball, and I just said, walk away, walk away. And I ran through the mall yelling Bishop's name, Bishop, through the corridors of the mall. And I had a beard up to here, so I looked intimidating, not like now, but... Everybody was so afraid, and they grabbed their children. Uh, Some women grabbed their purses, and they were so scared because this 260-pound man was running through the mall looking for his son, and I was actually assembling a team. I was like, you, 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 help me find my son. He's wearing this, this, and this, and I created a church right there, and we were now 10 people walking through the corridors of the mall looking for an 8-year-old boy, and finally Bishop comes out of nowhere when he hears the voice of his father, and he runs to me, and I found my my son and here's here's what I grabbed this time out of it last time I shared this analogy I shared it in the context that God will do anything to seek and save those that have been lost but what I got out of out of it this time is this that no matter how long my son was lost for no matter how long he was lost for he could have been lost five minutes. He could have been lost ten minutes. He could have been lost five days, a week, a year. Not for one single moment did my son stop being my son even though he was lost. And so, and so, and so hear me, hear me. And here's the message that I want to share with you today. That there is a world, uh, Jesus says this, he says, I came to seek and save those that have been lost. And just because they're lost doesn't mean they're not God's children. There is a world up there that have a, ch- that have a father in heaven that have yet to know the voice of their father in heaven. And they might be lost, but they're not It doesn't mean that they're not children of God. This is why God goes crazy seeking for those that are lost. Because those that are lost are not just some random bystanders. Those that have been lost are actually children of God. I don't know about you, but there was one time in my life that I was lost. And God came and rescued my life. And he did it through a person. I don't know about you, but it doesn't matter how far you run. You cannot run further from God. Is there anybody grateful in this place? That God came to seek and save those that have been lost. That even when I was running away, God was running towards me. That even when I was unfaithful, God was faithful. That even when I was disobedient, he was obedient to the point of the cross. And even when I ignored his voice, his voice spoke to my heart. See, God came to seek and save those that have been lost, and maybe you're confused about what lost means. Lost means this is, that's wrong, I'm not lost, I got my GPS, I'm good. No, like, lost means that you haven't entered a relationship with your Heavenly Father. And this is what Romans chapter 10 says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Did you hear that, Kuhau? Anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Salvation is not complicated because Christ did the heavy lifting already. And God says all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. Listen, it doesn't matter. All you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord and what? And you will be saved. Someone say saved. 
But then the Apostle Paul says, well, how does salvation work? Well, how can someone call upon the name of the Lord unless, and be saved, unless they believe? Oh, wait a minute. How can they believe unless they have heard? See, this is why the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Salvation comes through the faith you place in God's grace. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so when I hear the word of God, I activate faith. How can someone call if they don't believe? How can someone believe unless they hear? But here's the kicker. How can someone hear unless someone doesn't tell them? I, I want to give you the title to today's message. It's this. Go tell. Go tell. Go tell. Go tell. How can someone... See, all of us have called upon the name of the Lord. And we've, at some point or another, experienced the salvation of God. But it's because someone did this, they said, they spoke, they told. And God says, how can someone hear unless someone is speaking? It goes to show that there are people who are listening out. <laughs> there are people that have their ears open, but because there's not one speaking, they will never hear the message of God. Uh, can, I tell you, can I tell you a little secret? People, whew, hear me, hear me. I'm preaching better without the beard. Listen. <laughs> people, listen. People want to know God. People want to know him. People want to know God. You know what they don't want to know? They don't want to know religion. What they do want to know, the Bible says that God has placed eternity inside our hearts. You know what that means? There's this inner void inside every single human being's life that says, I want to know God. Because there's nothing in this material world that could ever satisfy the void that has been placed in you of eternity. And so the only thing that can fill an eternal void is that, that which outside of eternity, which is God. And so God is saying, listen, people want to hear my message, but oftentimes the people who have my message and possess my message don't speak it. I want to tell you today that as we transition from Finding Freedom, a series of Finding Freedom, and we transition into this new series, that you have been set free to become a freedom fighter. That you have been, write this down, number one, write this down. You've been rescued from your prison to become a rescuer of people. Did you hear that? You, you've been rescued from your prison so that you can also now become a rescuer of people. You were not rescued to sing Kumbaya in front of the fireplace. You were not rescued to be comfortable. You were rescued so that you can now become a rescuer of people. I, I want to tell you, man, have you, ever, have you ever realized that no matter how good a party is, if there's no people there, the party's not as good? Like, like, like have you, can you imagine you have a party that has the greatest logistics inside the building? But if no one is going out there to tell people about the most amazing party there ever will be, that party doesn't live up to its potential. I want to tell you right now that in the kingdom, 
Ronnie spoke about it the best. We got the best wine that could ever be served. And I don't know about you, but I want to invite people to the greatest party that's ever known to man, and that's the party in God's kingdom. Come on, is anybody going to welcome people to that party? And many times we're like, well, that's, 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 that's Pastor Rose's job. Oh, that's the minister's job. That's the pastor's job. Oh, that's, that's Lisa's job. And, and many times we think that the, the job or the responsibility of the ministry are just the pastors. Can I tell you a little secret? You may not know this. You may, you may not know this. Can I tell you a little secret that every single one of us have been called to reach people? I, I, I want to prove it to you real quick in, in, um, in, in Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, look what it says. Now these are the gifts Christ, watch this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave the church. Excuse me? These are the gifts Christ gave to the church. What are the gifts? The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Now now catch this, look at this. What's their responsibility? Their responsibility is to what? What? To equip God's people, someone say, that's me. God's people to do his work and build up the church, which is what? The body of Christ. Someone tell, someone tell the person next to you, tell them, you just got your license. But that's Pastor Rose's job. No, that's everyone's job. God has called everyone. If you've been rescued, if you've tasted of God's goodness, God is saying, listen, your pastors, their responsibility is to equip you to do everything that God has called you to do. Here's the news. Your pastors are not your boss. And many times we look at our leaders as they're even in the church setting as our boss, and they are not our boss. They are our leaders. I'll say it this way. I can't say it by myself because it'll sound cocky and arrogant, but I can say it about my wife. Can I tell you, Christ Uncensored House of Worship, Lisa, hear me, is a gift to this church. Lisa Marie Remedios is a gift to this church. And the moment you start seeing your pastor or your leaders as a boss, you'll never begin to live up to your potential because you said in your heart that I will submit to a boss in the workplace for a paycheck, but I won't submit to my leaders to be equipped to everything I've been called to do. Oh my God. I'm shaving again tomorrow. I don't care. This is what Matthew chapter 28 says. It says, So he came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth is given to me. So go and make followers of all people in the world. Watch this. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. Teach them to obey everything that I have told you to do. Well, what did I just tell you to do? I told you to go and make disciples of all nations. Who is he talking? He's talking to everybody. He's saying everyone's purpose fundamentally is go share this great message that that has changed your life. It's not just the pastors, it's, it's me too. Your, your, your job is not just to get on a pulpit. Your job is to make where you're at your pulpit. He says go. He doesn't say stay. He says go and make disciples of all nations. Teach them to obey everything that I have told you. 
And I says, you can be sure that I will be with you always. I will continue with you until the end of time. God is saying, listen, I got your back. Just go do what I've called you to do. And so even in this church, like in our church, and um, God has equipped all of us. This is why we honor our leadership because our, in leader, our leadership is equipping us to do everything that God has called us to do. And so God tells us, go tell people, go share the gospel. And the series is called One Chair because sometimes we think that we have to go change the world. And God is saying, go tell. Maybe you think go tell the world is just too difficult. But what if I told you, go tell your world? What about this? What if I told you, go tell one person in your world? What if I wasn't asking you to fill every single seat in the kingdom? What if I was asking you to just fill one seat in the kingdom? See, the reason it's called one chair, because Devon, get the tables. I mean, Ronnie, can you give me, grab me a chair, Ronnie? See, see, one chair means this. Just grab me one chair. Uh, where's Maylene? Is Maylene here? Grab Maylene. She's right there, right there. Somebody grab Maylene. Maylene Miranda, come on down. See, see, I don't know about you, but God just told me one chair. And, and I think Maylene Miranda might be my first disciple. Can we give it up for Maylene? See, Maylene, take a seat. See, God just told me to fill one chair. See, but in filling, in filling, in, in calling Maylene, grab me another chair. In filling Maylene... See, what happened was is that I started talking to Maylene, I started ministering to Maylene, and then John started checking her phone records and then thought me and Maylene had something going on. And I was just like, John, get thee behind me, you're, you're in the flesh. <laughs> but, but Maylene invited John. John, come here. See, I, I wasn't trying to invite John. I was just inviting Maylene. I was just preaching to Maylene. But Maylene reached out to John. See, I didn't know that in reaching out to Maylene, Maylene was reaching out to John. See, and it's just one chair. And, and, and I didn't know that there was a person also inside of Maylene named Jenny. See, and, and I didn't know that inside of Jenny, there was another person named Karina and Amir. They reckon my illustration because they're not here today, but we don't judge them for that. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know, so that I, was, I put out this Instagram ad, right? I put out this Instagram ad, and, and, I, and I said, hey, hey, we need a drummer. And this guy named Marcus, Marcus, come here. This guy named Marcus, he, he said, hey, man, I want to serve at Kuhau. I said, hey, man, I know how good you play, and I know we can't afford you. So, hey, thanks for uh, uh, answering the ad. Don't worry about it. Forget it. He's like, nah, God put it in my heart to bless the church, so I'm going to be showing up and playing the drums. And, and so I called, I, called, I called my man Marcus, and Marcus, is Lena around? Is Lena? Lena? Marcus, Marcus said, I'm going to invite the lady I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. I had the pleasure of marrying them a couple of years ago, uh, last year. And, 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 and then Lena invited uh, this girl, beautiful girl named Bianca. Bianca, come here, Bianca. See, because, and then, and then, and then she, she, she needed to get married, so she got this guy named Kevin. Kevin, come here, come here. Leave the sound one. See, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know what was happening, and, and um, 
and, and, and she brought Kevin, and, and, and she also, she wasn't alone. She, there was this girl named Raquel. Raquel, come here. Come on down. Come on. She got this girl named Raquel. And, uh, and, and, and see, see I, I just, I, 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 reached, I just reached uh, Marcus. I just said, I'm going to fill one chair. I'm just going to fill one chair. And when I filled one chair, I actually was filling up more, chair, more chairs because inside that one chair was, was, was uh, the seed to, to multiply more chairs. And so then I just invited one person, and that one person came. But in that one person, he filled more chairs. Let me bring me some more chairs. And then I, I ran. I was, I was uh, outside of Chuck E. Cheese, and someone else was in the gym. Guess, guess who was where? And, and I said, hey, man, listen. Listen, I, I know I've invited you when we work together, but I just want to invite you to come and experience God. And he came one time by himself, and his name is Frank Torado. And Frank Torado, can you come here? See, but, but the second time, Frank Torado didn't come alone. Bring me more chairs. Bring him over here. Bring him over here. See, see, it was Steph, Steph came. And then Frank Torado came with Derek. Derek, come here. But but Derek Derek took two years to find Gypsy, and then Gypsy Gypsy come here. <laughs> Kuhau, where we hook you up. He found one of the best photographers I know. Found his career. And his and and his uh, partner, come on. But 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 Frank also invited uh, uh, Drea and Angela. And come on, uh, come on, come come. I think charisma charisma came over here. You could come too. Come on, Nessa. Come on, Nessa. Then Nessa brought. Do you, you see what I'm saying? You, you see what, you see what, but wait, hold on a second, hold on a second. Then, then Melinda, Melinda, come Melinda. <laughs> Melinda came and, Drew, Drew, come here, come here, Drew, come here, Drew. See, Drew came, and I like Drew because Drew says, I'm going to use my good looks to bring people to Jesus. <laughs> see, brought Melinda to church. Melinda brought, I hope I can say this, Melinda brought someone who was a, can I say this, a, a Jehovah Witness to this church, and that's named Dyron. Dyron, come here. And, and, and Dyron, Dyron brought someone named Lewis. Lewis, come here. You don't have to bring me any more chairs. And, and Dyron and Lewis brought someone, Tom. Is Tom here? Tom, just, Tom, Tom, come here. Come here, Tom. Let's give it up for Tom. And I do, I do these videos on social media, and I, I do these videos on social media, and in one of those videos, I, I, I was just sharing the gospel. I was just sharing a message, right? And, and, and in that message, I get a comment, and it says, hey, I would like to visit your church. I said, they said, where's your church? I said, well, my church is in Staten Island. They said, oh, crazy. I live in Staten Island. I said, oh, awesome. You could, you can, you're more than welcome to come. And that person said, well, where in Staten Island? I said, St. George. They said, oh, I live in St. George. Oh, how awesome. Eva, can you come up here?
One chair. Someone shout one chair. One chair. See, because in one chair, see, you, you, you're trying to reach the world. And God is saying, I'm, I'm, looking, you, I'm looking for you to fill one chair. I'm just looking for you to fill one chair. That's all I'm calling you to do. See, what I didn't realize in filling this chair, all these chairs will be filled. See, I didn't realize in filling this chair that all these chairs will be filled. I didn't realize that in filling Frank's seat, all those chairs will be filled. And you might say this is a pyramid scheme. And I say, it is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on, let's give God some praise in this house. All right, I got to finish this message. You guys can grab your, grab your original seats. Come on, let's give it up for them one more time. Take your seats. So I want to give you, I want to give you four practical. <laughs> Someone shout, one chair. Someone shout, one chair. one chair. God's not calling you just to reach the world. He says you can, but one at a time. And Eva, Eva didn't come alone today. She came with some guests today. Come on, let's give it up for our guests. See, it's reaching the world one person at a time. Who's that one person that God has called you to reach? Who's that, who's that one individual that God has called you to speak to? Uh, uh, Pastor, well, I, can't, I can't tell. Uh, well, what, what about that one chair? And there's so many others here. I mean, I, 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 Miriam is here. Miriam invited Daisy. Daisy's here. Uh, Miriam has invited so many people to Christ Uncensored. And it's just one person at a time. And sometimes we underestimate the power of one person. Sometimes we underestimate what God can do by inviting and reaching and speaking and caring for one person. And so I want to give you four, uh, I'll spell it out for you. It's T-E-L-L, go tell. First one is T, write this down. And it's tell others the good news of the gospel. Tell others the good news. Well, Pastor Roe, how can I reach people? What, what, what do you want me to do? It's that simple. Just go tell. What? Tell, the, tell others the good news. Write that down. Tell others the good news. Well, what's the good news? See, many times we've made the good news the bad news. And the church has done a good job in making the good news the bad news. I want to tell you right now that this... In the original language, in the Greek, the word gospel, it was only used twice outside of the Bible in ancient literature because it literally meant this, the almost too good to be true news. This is the greatest news in the world. 
And somehow we've reduced the greatest news in the world to simply be some type of coping mechanism. We've reduced the greatest news in the world to be some type of self-improvement plan. No, my friends, this is the greatest news in the world. So much so that it's only used twice, but in the Bible it's used over and over and over and over again. Why? Because there's nothing that can describe what God has done for you. So when the listener heard the gospel, when the listener heard the gospel, they said, that, that can't be true. That's too good to be true. That, that, that can't, that's too good to be true. And let me tell you, my friends, many times we confuse the, the gospel is the greatest news on the planet. The gospel is, is greater news than you having your first child. The gospel is greater news than you having a lifetime subscription of Haagen-Dazs ice cream in your refrigerator. The gospel is greater than you having a five o'clock after shave, after making the greatest mistake of your life. The gospel is greater than that, my friends. That amen was too hard. Come on. <laughs> That's the gospel. I want to tell you what the gospel is not. Hear me. The gospel is not preaching to others the wrath of God. Look at all the religious faces. What, what you say? Ooh, I'm putting this on Instagram. Now, the things that I'm going to say might be true and might be in the Bible, but they are not the gospel. And oftentimes we preach things that are true, but not necessarily what we've been called to preach to the lost. What we've been called to preach to those that don't have a relationship with Jesus is the gospel. And the gospel is the greatest news on the planet. So we are to tell others the good news. The gospel is not the wrath of God or God's judgment on humanity. That's not the gospel. The gospel is not telling people how sinful they are. That's not the gospel. The gospel is not telling people they're going to hell. That's not the gospel. The gospel is not telling people to live holy. That's not the gospel. The gospel, any type of stipulation or condition that you put before someone receiving Jesus is not the gospel. Now those things might be true, but they are not what we ought to be preaching to those that don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so when there's someone that's standing in, in front of a corner yelling that people are going to hell, if they don't believe in Jesus, they are preaching something that may be true, but it is not the gospel. And when God says, go into the world and preach the gospel, he's telling them, tell them about the greatest news on the planet. Tell them about my love. Tell them about my salvation. Go let them know that I came to rescue those that have been lost. That's the gospel. Look what Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ. It is the power of God. Notice it says the power of God, not the power of man. See, because when you preach the gospel, the power of God is infused in the gospel. When you preach the power of man, you never get the gospel. See, see, the good news of Christ is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. The good news tells us how God, what does the gospel say? The good news tells us how God made us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Where did you hear hell there? This is the gospel, my friends. Now watch this. The gospel is more about God's love than it is about your response. 
The gospel is more about what God has done for humanity than it is about what humanity has done for God. The gospel is more about God's perfect life than it is about your imperfect life. The gospel is more about how faithful God is than how faithful you can be. The gospel is, is more about God reaching down to humanity and picking it up than us making our way to God. Because that, my friends, is called religion and that is not the gospel. See, people want to know about God. They don't want to know about religion. This is the greatest news on the planet. Can I give you the gospel? Can I preach? Can I give you the gospel? Gospel in a paragraph. Here it goes. God loves all humanity. We have all broken God's commandments and have fallen short of God's standard. And we have all sinned. No matter, what does that mean? We're not perfect. Hey, listen, we've all sinned. But it's not about telling how sinful and ugly and, and, and you're going to burn if you don't. Ex- that's not the gospel. Hey, listen, we've fallen short. We all make mistakes. The word sin is missing the mark. It's, it's an archery term. It's missing the mark. We've all fallen short of God's holy standard. No matter what We cannot bridge the gap. But God loved us so much that 2,000 years ago he sent his son who fully God and fully man became like us so that we can become like him. He died our death. He took our judgment that was supposed to be on us. He placed it on himself. He rose on the third day and today he stands at the door and knocks and say, will you welcome me in? And if you do, as I am, so are you. That, my friend, is the gospel. Number two, number two, number two, employ the right bait. Employ the right bait. Many of us, the Bible says that God, that Jesus reached out to Peter and Peter was fishing. And and he said, Peter, you're fishing and you're catching fish, but I'm going to teach you how to be fishermen of men. What is he saying? He said, you know how you catch fish, you got to use the right bait? I'm going to teach you how to be a fisherman of men. And many times <laughs> we're fishing, but we're using the wrong bait. See, many of us, we're fishing. Oh, Pastor, oh, it don't work. I, I reach people to, and they don't work. Well, are you using the right bait, my friends? See, standing on a corner and yelling at the top of your lungs and telling people they're going to hell, you might not be using the right bait. Number one, it's not the gospel. Number two, no one going to bite on that. Bible says it's God's goodness that leads people to repentance. <laughs> and so you might be reason, using the right bait. And many times there's a lot of people, all they know is that you want them to go to church. All they know is, hey, come to church. 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 Are you coming today? Are you coming today? Are you coming to church? Are you coming today? Are you coming to church? Come to church. Come to church. No. I'm not going to church because what they think you're inviting them to is their perspective of church. So what if, what if you use the right bait? That's why I said it was, I'm not going to point any names, but one of our worship leaders said, listen, Pastor Ro, I'm committed to use my good looks for God's glory. I'm telling you right now, that's using the right bait. When I tell people to come to church, when I tell people to come to church, I don't tell them to come to church to worship God. They don't even know how to worship God. 
I, I was at a barbershop and I invited someone to church. I said, man, I, I would love for you. This is how I told them. I said, I would love for you to experience the radical love that I've experienced in God. They were like, what? They were like, where do you experience that, man? Every Sunday I come together with God's people. And you know what they asked me? They were like this. Hey, are there any cute girls in your, in, in your, in your church? You know what I told them? I said, every girl that goes to our church is a cute girl. Some are taken, some are not, so be careful. <laughs> Why? Because you got to use the right bait. You got to, listen, t -t tonight, tonight at 7 o'clock, we're going to have a movie night. You, you know what I invited people to? I, I stood outside the school at 3 o'clock as parents were leaving and picking up their children. And you know, did I invite them to church? Nope. You know what I invited to? A free movie with free coffee and free popcorn. Someone say you got to use the right bait. And look what the Apostle Paul says. You, you think this is new. Oh, this is that new church stuff. No, look what the Apostle Paul says. For though I am free from all. Anybody been set free in this house? Seven weeks. Seven weeks you've been set free. Here we go. For though I am free from all, I have, been, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jew, watch this, I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law. Though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ. That I might win those outside the law. Now watch this. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. Do, do you see the extreme of what the Apostle Paul, listen to me, this is why Christ Uncensored, Christ Uncensored is considered a radical church because we'll go as far as it takes with the exception of sin to reach the lost. I'm going to go as far as to the edge as I can go with the exception of committing sin to reach those that need rescuing. This is what the Apostle Paul says. I became all things to all people so that I can. Oh, 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 you a bowler? Today I became a bowler. Oh, oh, you play basketball? I play a little basketball. Oh, you buy beer bomb? I don't buy that anymore. But I, I become all things to all, all people so that I can save some. I played basketball for three hours yesterday, and it was about 16-year-olds, 16 about eight 16-year-olds and 19-year-olds, a group there, and we played basketball. Guess what I became to them? I didn't become a pastor to them. I became a basketball player to them. And at the end of playing basketball with them, I said, hey, guys, let's huddle up real quick. Let's huddle up. Let's huddle up. And I told them this. I said, listen, guys, you guys are 16 and 19 years old. In a couple of years, you guys are going to be forced to make decisions you never thought you have to make. And you're going to make a decision of whether to become one of the good guys or become one of the bad guys. And how many of you guys know, and this is what I told them, how many of you guys know that there are a lot of bad guys out there? I want to encourage you, number one, be one of the good guys. And number two, let God reveal his purpose in your life. Because you can accomplish every single thing in the world, but if you don't accomplish your purpose, you're missing the mark. Guess what? I didn't become a pastor, I became a basketball player first. Many of us want to become preachers before we become those that we're trying to reach. Paul says, I became all things to all people so that I can save some. Number three, love people. Love people. 
1 John chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. See, we preach the gospel because God's primary way of reaching people is through people. Like, like wouldn't it be awesome if God did everything? Like, God, you reached them. Are you like me sometimes that you, 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 just, you just dismiss the ability of reaching out to someone and you just want God to do it? God, you're going to have to reveal yourself in a dream because I had it with that person. But God's primary way of reaching people is through people. And let me tell you something. It's going to be very difficult for you to reach people for God if you don't care about the people you're trying to reach. It's going to be very difficult for you to reach people if you don't care about people's eternity. It's going to be very difficult for you to love someone. It's going to be very difficult for you to share the message of God with someone if you don't care about them. Listen, if you saw somebody burning in a building and you could just walk away, listen, it's going to be very difficult. Hey, you need God! That's right! God is saying, listen, I rescued your life so that you can become a rescuer of people. And it's going to be very difficult for you to, and here's why you need to love people if you're going to reach people. Because when you love people, you understand that it's urgent. See, see reaching people, the truth is that tomorrow is not promised to anybody. And, and I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the kind of soul winner. See, many times we know how to win arguments more than we know how to win souls. And we're trying to win a debate. We're trying to win an argument. And God is saying, I didn't call you to win arguments. I've called you to win souls. And I don't want to be the kind of preacher that reaches people only on their deathbed. Well, let's just make sure. Let's just make sure you go to heaven. I understand that. And listen, I praise God that even at the last minute he can save someone that is in their deathbed. I've done it over and over and over again. But I want to be the kind of person that allows people to experience heaven before they get there. And so it means that you need to be, you need to make it a priority. Number one, it means also that you need to make yourself available. I knew I wasn't going to get any amens there, Drew. I, I just knew I was going to be by myself for that one. <laughs> I knew I was going to work. It means you need to make it a priority. It means you need to make yourself available. Listen, sometimes you think you need to be gifted to be used by God, but God is saying, I'm not looking for your giftedness. I'm looking for your availability. Because in your availability, I will show you how to use your ability. <laughs> and, and, and God just wants people that are available, and some people are too busy to be used by God. You're just too busy to fulfill your mission. I, I, I was having a conversation with my son, and I asked him permission if, to share this with him. And, and uh, last week, John prophesied over his life, and, and John said, um, Bishop, your, your calling is to be a pastor. Now, I've been telling Bishop this all his life, and Bishop is telling me no every single time. <laughs> Something about when John told him, he was convicted. And Bishop is, is saying, he's like, that's crazy. He's like, <laughs> he goes, Dad, I'm going to be a pastor. 
no duh. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to be a pastor. And, and he was, and then he's, we were driving home, and I hope this is okay. We were driving home, and he goes, he goes, I'm, he goes, Dad, I promise you I'm not going to fight it. And he goes, because I always wanted to be an NBA player. And he goes, he goes, but if God didn't call me to be an NBA player, that's all I want to do. He goes, all I want to do is play basketball for the rest of my life. He goes, if God called me to be a pastor, then I'm not going to fight it. And he cried because he knew that he could not resist God's call over his life. He was crying. He was like, Dad, all I want to do is play basketball. He goes, but if God called me to be a pastor, then that's all I want to do. I know I look like him now crying too. And then on the way back, he says, I said, I, said, I said, son, I don't know how this all works. I'm not saying that you can't play basketball. I'm just saying that if I send you to the store to get me a Nutribullet, not a Nutribullet, uh, a naked, you know, drink. I hope everyone knows what that is. <laughs> a smoothie, a smoothie. <clears throat> a smoothie. If I go, I go, I tell you to go to the store and get me a smoothie, and you come back to me and you bring me a big sandwich, and you bring me a big soda, and you even bring me some peanuts and some crackers, and you bring me everything. He's like, Dad, look, look, Dad, look what I got you, Dad. Look what I got you. I got you, I got you this awesome hero. I got you this awesome soda. This is how I'm talking to my son. And I said, would you have done a lot of good things but n and missed out on the thing that I've actually told you to do? I was like, so, so we're not called to do, we're not called to become anything we want to become in life. I know that that's not what the American dream teaches you. But we're called what we're meant to be in life. And so what we are to do is to discover what we're meant to be in life. We're not called to become whatever we want. And then I said, maybe you could play basketball for the first 10 years of your life, retire, and then become a pastor. And he said, I like the sound of that. That was of God. <laughs> last one, last one, last one. Learn how to share your story. Worship team, if you can join me up here. We're done. Learn how, to, learn how to share. This is the last one, the most important one. I want you to catch this. Learn how to share your story. I can't tell you how many people know you but don't know your story. They know you but they don't know your story. And, and if you can tell others the gospel, the good news, if you can employ the right faith, if you could love people. And listen, if you can learn how to share your story, just learn how to share your story. Learn how to talk to people. Pastor Rod, I don't have a story. Listen, like, like I wish I had some of your stories. I wish I had some of your stories. Like, have you heard Frank's testimony? Testimony? Have you heard? His test I wish I had his testimony. I'm like, this guy got shot at and stuff. Like, I didn't. I smoked a little weed. <laughs> I like, I like, yo, I don't have an epic testimony. You know, like those monumental testimonies, like my brother, Lion King, like, you know what I mean? Like, psh. learn how to share your story. 
And sometimes the introduction to the gospel is showing how the gospel has been manifested in your life. And sometimes it goes like this, man. Yo, yo that's, you, know, you, know what? you know what God has done for me? Man, there was one time that I was addicted to drugs. Hey, you know that there was one time that I was addicted to pornography. Hey, did you know one time I didn't, I didn't know how to forgive people? And then I experienced God's forgiveness. And when I experienced God's forgiveness, did you know that I was able to forgive other people? Oh, you know that I was struggling with depression. And when I was struggling with depression, I actually began to learn about Jesus. And when I began to learn about Jesus, I realized that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I experienced a happiness that I can never experience. See, you got to learn how to tell your story. See, what's your story? Because guess what? Your story, hear me, watch this, watch this. Lewis, your story is actually unique bait to reach people that I can never reach. Because I have a bait for someone else. But your story is actually the ingredients that God is using to create the future of someone else's life. See, there, there, there's a story inside of Frank. There's a story inside of Steph. There's a story inside of Matinka. There's a story inside of my son. And your story is actually the bait that is needed to reach someone else. And God says, Jesus says, how can they hear through the Apostle Paul? How can they hear if no one's telling them? Open ears, open ears, waiting to hear your story. Pastor, I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to teach. I don't know how to, I don't know all the Bible scriptures. I don't know, but you know your story. <laughs> you know your story. And sometimes you need to in, initiate the conversation and tell someone your story. Sometimes you need to be like, hey, listen, man, as you're, as you're chilling, as you're hanging out, as you're, as, hey, man, can I just tell you in 30 seconds? It might be awkward at first. Thanks for telling me that. Thanks for telling me that. Okay. I don't know what the point of that was. But you know what happened? The awkward moment will, will leave. And then they'll be like, yo, a couple of days ago you told me about you struggling with depression. You know I've been struggling with that too. <laughs> and they would have never heard the answer to depression if it wasn't for your story. Look what Revelation chapter 12. This is not Pastor Rose saying it. This is what the Bible says. They had power over him. Him. They had power over him and won because of the blood of the lamb. Him is the enemy. Talk right here. Here's the devil. They had power over him and won because of the blood of the lamb. What's that? The gospel. And by telling what he had done for them. Your story not only sets people free, it overcomes the enemy. Why? Because when you tell your story, you're actually taking people away from the grips of the enemy. And so he ends up losing the battle. I dare you this week begin to tell your story. Here's what I want you to do as we pray out. I want you to go and tell. And so I want everybody in this room, can you take out your phones in church? That's okay. Take out your phones. Take out your phones. Put on your notepads. Open your notepads. This is actually right here. You can actually find this on our website, kuhao.com slash one chair. And you're going to write three people's name down. Three people in your world that God wants you to speak to. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to, this is simple. I want you to pray for them for the next four weeks. 
Maybe it's your sister. Maybe it's your girlfriend. Maybe it's your boyfriend. Maybe it's your parent. Now, now here, you might have invited them already and they've already rejected you. But there's three people in your life that have never experienced God's love. And I dare you for the next four weeks to begin to pray for them. And we're just going to let the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do. And I dare you to trust God. I dare you to let God do the heavy lifting. So after the four weeks you pray for them, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take one minute to tell them the good news of God. You're going to use the right bait. What does that mean? You might need to go out with them. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, you're going to go play, you're going to go to a soccer game? I'm going with you. You're going to have to love on them a little bit. You might have to care, care for them. People don't know how much you know until they know how much you care, right? And then you're going to learn how to tell your story to them. Practice with your kids. Tell your kids your story. Practice with them. They'll sharpen your story right up because they'll ask you some questions that adults won't ask you. Three people, three people that you've been in relationship and they will not enter eternity with Jesus Christ because you didn't share the gospel with them. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just letting you know what God told me when I answered the call. He said, there are people that won't experience my love because my message won't come out of your mouth and you're walking in rebellion. That was it. I was 17 years old. That was it for me. For whatever, for whatever reason, those words chiseled in my heart and I ran after God as I was like, We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.